Every step in the game, here to bring the heat. Texas 22, we on the beat. Leo and BT, hosting this show. Talking mixes and hoes, we letting y'all know. Texas 22, breaking it down. Podcast got the city vibing to the sound. Special guests dropping out, it's so true. Houston Texans, damn, this one's for you. Texas 22, breaking it down. Podcast got the city vibing to the sound. Special guests dropping out, it's so true. Houston Texans, damn, this one's for you. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, we are not celebrating a victory, unfortunately. We are are uh, talking about a loss. Huge upset. Um, 30-6. to six, Texans take a huge loss. On top of the huge loss, honestly, more importantly, at this point, CJ Stroud, Nico Collins, Tavier Thomas, Blake Cashman, and Will Anderson all are hurt. Um, this is obviously a big issue. Um, next week, we play the Titans. Um, that means that Likely CJ Stroud would will be in concussion protocol. Um, we did not have a good game at, at all. Um, we had we had 135 yards of offense. I mean, th- this was terrible. Um, just from an offensive perspective, uh, we had 54 passing yards, 81 rushing yards. That was probably the only bright spot that we had. Here are some of the worst things, right? Uh, some stats 2.6 yards per play. Disgusting. Um we only had 10 first downs. Now, throughout the season, one of the best things about this team was our, the fact of, of our third down conversion rates. We've actually been able to hit 40, 50, 60 uh, percent of our third down conversions. Today, we were at 8 um, percent. We did not. We tried to go on fourth down three times and um, didn't didn't succeed on a single one. Um, we allowed five sacks, so now we're getting CJ hurt, and obviously now he's in concussion protocol. We punted eight times, um, so I'm going to start with you, Leo. Um, obviously, these stats, these stats don't sound good. If you ha- had to identify, you know, the top three reasons for the loss, what would those top three reasons be? Um, I mean, just inability to. Uh... Kind of just, I mean, I, I can't really tell you, man. I thought the defense played a good game, you know, really up into the half. And even even into the second half, I just think that they was on the field too much. You know, um, they were, even throughout the first half, they were winning field position. The defense played good enough to not give up any points. Um, I mean, you know, and then, you know, they just we were not able to get anything going on offense. Um, I mean, it just comes. Well, Nico, Nico getting hurt was a was a huge problem. You know, what I mean, uh, after you know crossing a thousand yards, which I was happy for. You know, early, I mean, got got his first catch on the first drive. I think first couple plays, and then he was out. Um, you know, just the lack of passing options. First of all, I mean, that's one. It just kind of comes down to lack of passing options. Outside of Nico and Tank, you know, what I'm saying the inability to to really just you know run the ball and and um you know and then I mean just the O line is just not good enough, man. You know, I mean that's just kind of where I would start. You know, I, so it sounds like you're you think that it's mostly on offense. It was lack of receiving options and offensive line. Um, you're okay with what the, how the defense performed overall? I mean. When you hold a team scoreless for one half, for one whole half, and you punt the ball like the first seven possessions of the game, and then you do similar things the second half, you know, like at some point they're going to break. And I mean, that's kind of what happened. I mean, obviously, like I'm not happy with Steven Nelson. I'm not happy with, uh, you know, I'm not happy with pretty much anyone on the D line outside of, you know, the couple guys that just show up every single game. Uh, I mean, you know, not happy with, uh, I mean, I thought I got to go and check it, but you know, I think here, you know, we just gave up too many easy throws. You know, I don't know if it was on like the play call, but it seemed like the flats was open, but we see, we've seen this happen before, you know what I mean? With this same team. So, but ultimately like, I think the defense, when I look at, 
at how what would they actually have? Like you have one, I mean, so you have Grenard, Anderson, and Stingley, and then everybody else from drive to drive, play to play. You don't know what the hell they're gonna give you. So I mean, at some point, bro, to hold them the way that they did for a whole half, bro, to start to give to to basically you know, start on the 50, you know, start with like 60 yards of field and not give up a point in the first half. But like, I thought they played a phenomenal first half. You know, I thought they played a really good, you know, and then they just, they just got broken. I mean, you know, but, but I don't think that, I think that maybe if we were able to put up some points and keep them in more favorable positions, maybe we wouldn't have given up 30 points in one half. I I don't know. I got to look at the time of possession. Like, I mean, what, uh, let's see how many, how much we held we held the ball 22 minutes 22 minutes yeah i don't know how 22 minutes of time of possession they had 37 bro we were one for 12 on third down we had 10 first downs i mean we oh 52 plays so they're 60 you know i mean we just i don't know man i mean you know it it is what it is well before i let josh go let me give you my thoughts um because i think my thoughts are very different from yours so the first thing is I understand the receiving options weren't there. Um, when I said that Brevin Jordan would be the lead uh, receiving option, I wasn't talking about him getting 35 yards. Um, he had two first first downs, three targets, three catches, caught everything that was thrown his way. Um, so you can't really blame him for that. Um, Andrew Beck was the second um, leading receiving option at 26 yards. So that tells you how bad just, you know, the, the, the passing game was. Um, overall, we weren't there in, in terms of passing. Noah Brown had five targets, did, didn't catch anything. Um, then you had Mechie, who had uh, six targets, I believe, and only caught one for six yards. And and so the problem there is that no one was catching anything. I mean, like, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't really just... Um, CJ Stroud throwing poorly. I mean, like, yeah, he didn't have gr- great throws all, all the time, but I mean, he threw a couple turnover worthy plays. Some two of the plays probably should have gotten intercepted, but overall, our our receivers weren't coming down with anything. Now, I understand that Nico was gone, but you got Brevin Jordan there. You got Xavier Hutchison had a really nice catch. Um, you know, and, and I mean, you had some options there. The problem is Noah Brown didn't show up. John Mechie couldn't hold on to the ball. Um, you know, I mean, right there, that's 11 different options for getting yards, 11, 11 between Noah Brown and John Mechie. So, um, so that's my, that's what I blame on offense. But the other thing that, I, this is my complaint on Slowick and uh, Devin Singletary had 13 carries for 65 yards, one touchdown, five yards per carry. He was actually one of the brightest spots of, of, um, about the, the offense. Six of the 13 attempts that he had was behind Scruggs and amounted for 50 yards. So that's 50 of the 65 yards was because of Scruggs' run-blocking ability. Now, that bodes well for the future because Scruggs obviously will be here um, next season, likely the center. And so that tells you that we should be able to run up the middle next year with Scruggs. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with the left guard position next year, but all I'm saying is that Scruggs, as a run blocker, is working. Pass protection, he still needs some work. But I, I do think that that's, you know, that's very positive. That's one positive you can take away from today's game. Here's the issue with, with Slovak. So you had real success in the first half. You had over 60 yards. He was on pace to actually, if he had the same amount of carries in the second half, he was on pace to have a 120-yard game. But then he, he only got two more carries in the second half. That, to me, was absolutely absolutely disgusting um so uh, i am going to get to the questions here i understand jay pacheco, um, pacheco uh, can we still make the playoffs with all these injuries we're going to get you i'm going to start this question we will answer that just hold on um but you know the thing is that i i think the play calling on the offense was bad because at this point on this in the you saw you had really good um effort of getting of, of running the ball right something i, I said i don't know if we're going to be able to do but if we do you got to continue that, especially with Singletary. Um, and then you just stop doing the one thing that works. I I, I wanted to see Slovak out there in the press conference because I wanted him to answer that. Um, you know, like I said, Devin Singletary did his job. Um, now, the other thing is what the defense gave up. Um, 
you know, and now I'm going to turn it over to Josh. Josh, I told you my issues on offense. Why don't you tell – I do have issues on the defense, and I'm going to go after you because I am i don't want to just rant here. So why don't you go, and then I'll finish up on what I uh, will complain about the defense. What do you think are, are the issues, why we lost the game? So for me, kind of going position by position, with the quarterback, it was a situation to me where Stroud played good enough to win under normal circumstances – but he didn't really have one of those games that was truly like a transcendent, like he kind of needed to have when you have kind of your personnel kind of fall off the uh, face of the earth. And there was a lack of uh, Slowick really adjusting to it. He seemed kind of stunned after Nico went out, didn't really seem to kind of start moving pieces around. And, and I don't know if that was totally on Stroud. That's the question is like, so he missed, there's a couple of plays where, or throws throughout the game where it was tight coverage. He got the ball there where they could have made a catch, but it wasn't your normal standard where Stroud has been putting the ball right in their throat and allowing the players to be put in situations where yards after catch, similarly he does with Nico consistently and, and Tank. So I don't know if that was – some of that was on Stroud. Some of it was on Slowick. Moving on – uh, like I said, I didn't think he really adjusted once Nico went out. I didn't see a huge shift like, okay, what we're going to do is now we have two guys left. We were going to hammer them until they stopped these two guys. And they didn't really – they kind of just kept them in the same roles they were going into the game with. All the way until there was – the weirdest part of this game was there was a drive right after the Zach Wilson fumble that was – and that was the one they came out and then they, they finally started putting guys in space. It was the play where it was the semi busted coverage to uh Urban Jordan, where he ran it all the way down the field and got him into the red zone. And I think maybe even inside the tent. and they just did a really good job in that one possession. And it seemed like the rest of the game, they kind of just reverted back to this other kind of weird situation. It seemed like as soon as the injury happened, he almost pulled back and, and pulled more into that uh, situation where he was trying to just climb inside and just pl- run the football with the fullback and kind of just really simplify stuff in that way. And it was very weird because he was putting Pierce, it seemed like every time Pierce ran, Beck was in the game, right? And it was kind of limiting the, t- the space that he was allowed to run with. And didn't really, because with a, a runner like Pierce, if you're going to get the most out of a player like that, you have to manufacture the space. And you have to put him in a situation where he's going up against smaller defenders so that he can then impose his will. Similar to how the Saints did that first year they had Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingham together. And they would get both players in different situations where it would uh, optimize their skill set. So it seemed like the O-line did a better job run blocking when Stingley was in, which seemed as though it was it was kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy a little bit where we're going to keep Stingley's – I mean Stingley. Uh, I probably said Stingley. I meant Singletary. Right. We're almost going to put him in way better situations, and then we're going to be surprised when Pierce doesn't do well. Do I think Singletary is, is a much more user-friendly running back at this point? With how they their personnel matches, yes, but that's also hugely on Slowick. Um, I think the fullback thing was a huge issue. They he just doesn't at this point with this personnel on this team, he doesn't bring enough to the field when he's in there to elevate anyone around him and to put anyone else in better situations. Um, other than that, it just seemed like they they were hesitant to really get into that 11 personnel that we spoke we always speak about and we talk about all the time as kind of fully optimizing Stroud and we just created more and more congestion against the defense that was fine around the ball playing with the uh, downhill on us and it was really just the really just frustrating cycle especially because the fact you saw that one glimpse of a drive where it was like okay they finally did it and then they just moved back away from it they were within the game again. They were one possession down, and then they pulled back again. It was just really bizarre, and it kind of lined up very similarly, and maybe we should have seen it coming with the Denver game with how slow it took for him to react to the blitzing off the edge. Um, and in this game, it was it was almost even worse because they were blitzing, and they were 
causing creating all these simulated pressures by dropping linebackers in pre-snap and then dropping them out. And he wasn't, there was no response to that. And the best way to respond to that is just force teams to like, all right, you're just going to have to have less linebackers out there. So if you're going to blitz me, it's going to be with a safety. It's going to be with a smaller player. So, yeah, that, I mean, I've, I've got a list of things for defense too, but that's kind of where I saw it with offense. It was a lack of imagination, um, uh, a lack of optimization. Truthfully, I mean, I told Leo, I called him, and I said, man, I really wish whoever, I wish, uh, is it Nate, Nate uh, Nathaniel Hackett? I wish he was calling plays for Houston right now because they were damn near using the exact game plan that would have been great with Stroud in that situation. But yeah, so what, V, what you were, you were about to talk about, um, is there anything, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? What are, yeah, so, so here's what, the, this issue is what the defense gave up. Um, so Zach Wilson had a 77 completion rate, 301 yards and two touchdowns. Now, I'm, right. I'm not necessarily just pissed off about the 301 yards. It's a 77% completion rate. And the reason for this is it's similar to basically what happened with the Falcons game. You know, um, you could even call it the Saints game, even though we won that game. Uh, Carolina, yes, we were poor in offense, but the same thing on, on defense. I mean, I understand the, his strategy. The first, the first Colts game. Yeah, first I was going to say, this is right. so much like that Colts game yeah. with Gardner exactly. Minshew. And, and the whole thing is you're sitting there and you're watching it as a fan. And obviously, you know he's analyzing film and all this stuff. And and so you're seeing that you, the bendo break doesn't work because all they're going to do is, hey, fuck it, you're going to take away the deep uh, the deep shots? All right, I won't throw anything past 20 yards. I'll just throw seven and get yak because you're all the way back over there. I don't even care about that. And it happens over and over and over and over and over again. And he still does it. So mm-hmm. when I said when I said in the chat, Leo, like, this is, th- this is on D'Amico, this is what I'm talking about. Um, now, I, let, let me talk about some of the specifics. Brees Hall, um, he had 10 carries for 40 yards, four yards per carry. Um, I'm going to say that's so-so. But here's the thing. That's the breakdown if people want to know. Seven attempts of those 10 were to the left-end side. That's uh, That would be Gennard's side. And that amounted for 23 yards. One attempt was to the right-end side. That's Anderson. And amounted to 15 yards. So, yes, Grenard did give up, um, you know, did not set the edge properly, but he was tested a lot more than Anderson. So I don't know if that's necessary, because I know people are comparing, you know, obviously uh, on Twitter. Um, Dalvin Cook, seven, seven carries, 13 yards, less than two yards per carry. So he wasn't really that big of a threat. Garrett Wilson, nine catches for 108 yards. What was Steven Nelson doing? Well, I don't even know if I can blame Steven Nelson all the time because you can tell that he had to come down to stop him. He had to tackle him afterwards. Now, there there was definitely a catch where Zach Wilson made a great back shoulder throw and it basically took Steven Nelson out of the play. Um, He was actually ahead of Garrett Wilson at that point and he couldn't do anything, right? He had to turn backwards to go get Wilson. That was just actually a good quarterback play. But overall, you know, you're not giving like D'Amico's not giving his corners or his, his DBs in general a chance to win here, and that is a problem that I have with D'Amico. Um, Brees Hall overall uh, in the reception. Now I had already told you in the run game, he had eight catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. Um, so Brees Hall, we're not just talking about the run game threat, but his receiving threat. Tyler Conklin, like we've been shitty for tight ends because we, you know, we obviously put a linebacker, typically it's Toa Toa or someone like that. And and he got four catches for 57 yards. Uh, Conklin made some great catches here. Um, so to get some of these, to get some of the questions here also, um, too much negative to account for, but the rough, the roughing the passer play was maybe the start for the end. Would have been third and ten instead of the fifteen yards and the first that led to a touchdown. I agree that was a that was a horrible um, decision made by Will Anderson. I, he's a rookie, so I'll forgive it. I, I don't know if it was out of frustration, but it was clearly a huge, huge late hit, and he didn't even like try to get off of him quickly as possible. So uh, that was just bad. Jay said, it felt like we tried to make the game work with what we always do rather than to adjust with what the defense is playing. I completely agree. Um, also, losing two starters in the linebacker court. Yep. Um, where was Woods after the first quarter? I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, he basically wasn't um, targeted. Uh, 
Now, as far as the defense is concerned, is there any positive? Christian Harris. I mean, I'm just glad it's not a DB being the number one tackler. So, you know, the, the fact that it, it's actually a linebacker, that's a positive. Um, Christian Harris was well, didn't have necessarily the best game, right, because he's had some really good games. But he forced a fumble. Um, you know, I mean, this is what allowed us to even get that touchdown in the first place. So shout out to Christian Harris. Sheldon Rankins, he had two tackles, both of them were solo, and that sack. I predicted he should have had two and three, and frankly, he should have. Um, that right, that that guard that he was going up against is absolutely horrendous. He should have had three sacks. One, honestly, laziness. He should have had more. And don't and don't say, oh, you're only wishing he should have got more. You're not happy with the sack. No, he was playing against a horrible O-line and a horrible right guard that literally only had three snaps the entire season. He should have had more. He should have been able to put up more pressure. Um, shout out for, for the fumble return. Our players that showed up, Malik Collins got a sack. Um, Denzel Perryman. Now, did he did he look like he had some issues throughout the game as well? Yeah, but he also was he also balled, man. Two big back-to-back plays, uh, pass deflection, and a stuff on the run game. Um, we know that Denzel Perryman is not the best when it comes to um to, to we missed him. We missed him. We saw what he can do in the Denver Broncos game, and we and he obviously helped us here. Um, so when it comes to the defense, Josh, my issue is not with the players particularly because I don't think it's just execution here. Of course, you can you can say what are you doing, Nelson? There are there, it's, I'm not saying there's no execute issues. I have an issue with what D'Amico's play calling is, and and so Leo, I know that you disagree, right? So I, I want I want to give you a chance to. Well, to I mean, I I don't know. I, I mean, you know, I I don't say I don't necessarily disagree with that. But but I'll say this. Okay. I mean, uh, Nelson was getting his ass fucking destroyed. He yeah. he got fucking murdered multiple. We, we like, gotta kind of say pause on that one. All right, just, just a little. I mean, no, it's no pause. No, fuck that <laughs> shit. No, fuck that. He got his ass fucking destroyed. I mean, to okay. the point where to the point where, uh, I mean, what the fuck can D'Amico call to make that shit work? I mean, what the fuck? I mean, so so you have that. Then you have um, you know. I mean, Desmond King almost had a, a truly terrible fucking play in the, you know in special teams, but like didn't really do shit in the game. You know, Garrett Wilson was ta- Garrett Wilson took turns basically on everyone but fucking Stingley. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then and then um the flats. So so I mean, we gave him the flats the whole game, which is the same shit we did against the Colts, which right. is kind of the same shit that we did against the. The, uh, the the Saints the, too, bro. You know, the Falcons, we did that against know. the Saints. Even though we won the Saints, we did that during so, the Saints game. We did that during the Falcons. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, nah, no. Nah, so, so I mean, you know, I I don't know. Like, like I feel like we didn't really make him. We let him get into rhythm. Uh, we let him. I mean, it, like you know, people like to talk shit and laugh about you know Zach Wilson and tell tell them that you know oh you picked the wrong quarterback, but. He's, he was the number two overall pick for a reason. It wasn't just over some stupid ass combine throw. He's really talented. He has a live arm, you know. And um, you know, has he been consistent in the NFL? No, but this was the type of game that they thought they was gonna get when they draft him. So it wasn't unconceivable that he did this. But giving giving uh Brees him such easy throws to Brees Hall over and over and over again is bad. I don't really have a problem like. Like when a player makes a crazy catch, I can't really like, you know, Conklin made one crazy catch on Harris, but I mean, it was a lot of just easy shit, man. So, um, you know, I don't know. I I mean, it's hard for me to say what the hell. Like I said, like on on defense, I mean, shit, I feel like I was just getting into the offense. But I mean, like on defense, like, you know, um, I mean – uh, it's it's just frustrating. I don't know where to really start, you know, because well, like, yeah. uh, I just right, think, let me see this. Oh, go I ahead, just, go think, ahead. I just okay. think there's not there's not that much like variance that you can do. It co- it turns into this like this is why I said all the shit that I said about Lovey and Pep, bro. And I'm not gonna turn this into defending them again. But when you have limited players, you can't. There's only so much shit that you can do. You know what I'm saying? And like. I've seen people already throwing Slowick under the bus, you know. I see now. Now we're starting to criticize D'Amico 
But let's talk about what's on the field. Like, you have one man corner. You have one linebacker that can match up with anybody in man, possibly two, maybe two. And then Nelson, what the like? What what kind of coverage can you play to make this shit up? What kind right. of coverage can you play to make up King? King can't carry uh, Garrett Wilson across the field. So unless you want Stingley to follow Garrett Wilson in the slot to the left side all over the fucking field, what the what the hell do you think is gonna happen? There's not that right. many options. There's not that many options, yeah. bro. Yeah, I mean, and you made the first one of the first points you made on the defense, Leo, was a hundred percent correct, and and kind of ties into what I what I saw with the defense. Um, the concept of overall, like the first half, you saw you saw uh, what's the you saw like ghosts of what was going to happen later. Where yeah, exactly. They, they were throwing they, shit. They showed, they showed that they can move the ball from the moment they touched the ball. I don't, right. you know, my bad. Yeah. So like the first, so the first half. They come out, they're stone short, they're moving the ball. Their very first drive, they get about 50 yards or so. It's the first or second drive, and they force the punt. But they're checking it down. They're hitting it underneath stuff. They're hitting Conklin over the seam. They're hitting uh, Brees Hall under, underneath. They're doing curl routes to Garrett Wilson. But the difference in the first half or the second, and this is, like, really the biggest difference to me was fatigue, and there was no adjustment made. The fatigue came in when you saw linebackers rally the ball in the first half people tackle people not miss tackles you saw the d-line consistently get more pressure to where they were forcing the underneath stuff and they were forcing a little quicker decisions and what happens when you're out on the field for fucking forever you get tired and you don't get as much pressure right rankins made some plays throughout the game but slowly they would and and i think that penalty on will and this is not at all to excuse them because it was dumb as shit but what it looked like to me was they came into the plan as the Jets and said, okay, Will Anderson is the X factor in that front seven. And what we're going to do is force this motherfucker to run down every running back and every play over and over. We know that they barely take him out and he does not sit. He plays a high snap share. And by the end of this, especially in the second half, even in the fourth quarter, which is exactly what happened, he was going to be pretty much uh, – He's worthless yeah he almost worthless at that point because you're gonna have to and that's why that that penalty was a fatigue play was a like i'm pissed off yeah. that we that's weren't able to hold on the ball and i'm gonna get him hit if i have to hit him and knock him out the game and you know fuck it that's what i'm gonna do so and i think what they did you saw this this is the most the play that that just ticked me off so much in the in the second half was so was this continuous idea that this scheme is so bomb-proof that we can put Denzel Perriman on Randall Cobb in the fucking slide. And it's going to work. And it's going to work. This is the same shit that's been done over and over. Over and, and over. Somehow we're going to we're going to wish that he's we're going to think it into existence that he's Dre Greenlaw or he's Fred Warner and that he can carry even a old busted Randall Cobb is able to run away from him. And it was just it was unexcusable with the lack of adjustment especially when you saw that they were terrified of throwing at Stingley for most of this game. Yeah. And, and you don't even take the one advantage you clearly see. You don't even take advantage of that. You don't shrink. You don't move the coverage away from him and, and condense and give, uh, give King help and Nelson help with underneath and over top. So Nelson can play more aggressive. He was playing reactionary the whole game. Part of it's on him, but part of it's, you got to understand what kind of limited player there are. It was it was probably it was the worst game Nelson's had as a Texan, most likely. And the linebackers, the for the first time, and I haven't been able to say this about the Jets pretty much since Salah has been there. It's the first time I've seen them find a weakness and then keep banging at it until the other team adjusts. And there was really no adjustment until it was too late. It was, I mean, they banged on the linebackers, and the, the linebackers got worse and worse in coverage throughout the game. Yeah. And they got slower and slower, and those checkdowns to hit, to hole started. He started dancing a little more and would get 15 yards or 20 yards or 10 yards when it, before it was a three- or five-yard game. And it was just – it was literally a long game, like in boxing, where you're just banging at the body, banging at the body. 
and they and, start laying some of the knockouts. But and that's, that's the thing, I mean, and, that, and that's why I keep going back to the offense, right? Because at some point, there you know that you're limited. We know that we are limited. Right. The reason our defense has been good is partly because our offense keeps mm-hmm. them in advantageous situations, and then when that goes all the way, when it goes away, now they're they're exposed, right? And it's like now you see that you don't get consistent pressure up the middle. Now you see that you know even Harris, like like you know like you know outside of Harris, you know guys are kind of can look kind of slow at times in, in in coverage, you know. And now you see that Nelson is not a lockdown corner. He's not CB one. You know what I'm saying? He's not a guy that we should really continue with at this point. I'm sorry, bro. He can't. I don't think you can really go back into the next season with him as our starting corner, bro. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, I don't think so either. I'm I, sorry, I bro. Yeah, the, the, the only way you could possibly do this is if, if you, you have the you pass rush from hell. <laughs> the pass rush from hell and you upgrade everyone else around him. If he and is you by can't four, do that. and you really can't yeah. do that. You can't do that one offseason. So there has to be a, a shift and, and a real honest. There there seems to be, and this is the biggest concern that kind of pops up, and then it then it kind of gets remedied by some of these adjustments that we've seen Slowick and, and D'Amico make, which at times have been great this year, really have. But there's other times where it keeps sliding back into the Panthers game or the Falcons game or the Saints game in the second half mm-hmm. or really the Saints game throughout when they just weren't really stopping consistently but they were just getting those uh, red zone stops. There's not a clear identification of what the personnel is and what it needs to be done to best optimize it, even if it means that we maybe have to change the scheme a little bit. There's a little bit of of arrogance with the scheme and a little bit stubbornness. And I I joked to Leo about it, it. The linebacker coaches, head coaches, I mean, it's, it kind of reminds me if you go back and watch the Singletary, years in the 49ers will D'Amico I mean he's shown that if he has the talent he can ball out and I trust Nick to be able to get that talent based on his drafting but there has to be a evaluation there has to be a a truthfulness that's talked uh, that's spoken to each other and doesn't have to be said to the media whatever you know that's great if they do it behind closed doors, but they have to fix it. And there has to be honesty. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I mean, listen, I agree with both of you. I think that's something that discussion that's been having on Texas Twitter is, is Stephen mm-hmm. Nelson going to come here? Um, but let's let's move on. We um, and there's one thing I got to ask all three, uh, all two of you. Um, this is a hit that that CJ took. This is a definitely hit, right? I mean, look at this. That sort of thought. There is a hit after he. Takes it. I'm going to show one more time, right? Okay, he throws it. Ball's gone, and now he lowers his head for the hit. How is that not a call? That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, now our uh, quarterback is, is stuck in concussion protocol. So um, going going over what Domico said in the press conference, um, CJ is in concussion protocol. He's going to have to fight through it. There is a there's almost a, a there's no chance in really in hell that he actually will play this Sunday. It's, um, it's it's very unlikely. There's really only been one player that has been in concussion protocol and that actually played that following week. Only one this entire season. So the, so I doubt that the NFL will will allow him because you know they have to pass all these not just the internal team doctors but external and you know all that nonsense. So we're likely going to see Davis Mills against the Titans, which we'll talk about for a few moments. Uh, but uh, Nico, there's no in, there's no update. We don't know if that's long term. We don't know if he's playing Sunday. We don't know if he's out for the season. Absolutely no update on Nico Collins. Um, D'Amico, because he was asked why, um, you know, what was the reason why you didn't run the ball more and stuff, and he said that the read wasn't that bad where he he didn't uh, want he wanted to stop passing. Right. That's been one of my one of my complaints is that you're successful. Your only success on offense was running the ball, and you didn't do it. And we've seen success before where you give Singletary 30 carries and you can basically cover for the team. You didn't do that. Failure on offense, that's on coaching. Um, so I'm going to blame him there. And then D'Amico was also asked, what positives can you take away? And he said there wasn't many. Um, I, I thought that was the first time I think I've seen D'Amico be 
as negative in, um, in a press conference because we've lost games before that we should have won, like the Carolina game. Uh, and I've never seen him that that um, shook. Go ahead, Leo. You, I mean, well, we got we got utterly dominated, bro. You know, we gave up thirty points in one half. Um, and again, like like I think we have to give context to all this stuff, right? So not only is Pierce running the ball against, you know, everybody knows what the fuck is going to happen. It's, it ain't even that they even know exactly what's going to happen, but they don't fear the repercussions of, like, <laughs> of really, like, even if they bite hard on the play action, they don't really – they're not scared of what's coming behind it at all. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not really worried about a tight end. You're not worried about fullback leaking or even a check down to the running back, but that's neither here nor there. Um the, the the like Singletary got a lot of carries in the first half. You said he got two carries in the second half. Got two carries in the yeah. second half. So so what happened in the second half? I mean, partly we went three and out again or something fast, and then pretty much they dominated time of possession and they were scoring, right? So like they were having long drives that ended in touchdowns, right? So that's why we stopped running the ball. I mean, honestly, it sounds what really what happened what is. To me, they got the ball. They they scored a touchdown. We were down by plenty. Like okay, give up on the run. That's what it, that's what it looked like to me. It it well, seemed in my it seemed in my opinion like pretty amateurish because in, in that situation, I understand. Listen, there's still a half of football. You can still win a game by running the ball, and they went away from it, and there was no reason to. It wasn't like he was getting getting stuff. It, it, there was literally zero reason to move away from the run, and, and, well, and again he. He had hold one second. He had 13 carries. He had 11 in the first half, 60 odd yards, and then you and then you give him two. Shame, shame on Bobby Slowick. But what I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not saying that I agree with it. But what I'm saying is that when you go down, like when you have a, we it seemed like pretty much damn near after, after they got the touchdown, I felt like they damn near didn't punt the ball that much, bro. After they got their first touchdown. So what I'm saying is that in those drives. They weren't just like two-minute drives. They weren't just like three-minute drives. They were drives where they damn near felt like almost 10 plays at times, right? And then so what I'm saying is like now you're fighting the clock. Now you're fighting the clock. So if it wasn't for that fumble that we caused, we might have like literally got 40 put on us, bro. Because like at that point, they, they're, they're, they're behind, right? So like the thing is to me is like, yeah, like maybe they could have, you know, stuck – to the run maybe a little bit early, but I think also in the second half, also, I think the first couple runs prop I know they gave they gave they gave uh, uh one of those runs they gave to Singletary, it was eight minutes left, damn near, or it was it was right before the the concussion. It was right before the concussion, which I think it was like eight minutes, or I can't remember if it was Mills in, but it was it was in the fourth quarter, right? So they came back out doing the same stuff that I have been talking about for weeks. They came back out trying to give Pierce the ball and run the ball and and, and be more man than the other team, and 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 they 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 weren't able to do it. And then it, it three and out, they score a touchdown. Three and out again, they score another touchdown, and now we're here. So that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, bro, like, I mean, you're right. I'm agreeing with you, really, I guess. But I'm just saying it's like, bro, like, they're like, like, I'm, I'm literally agreeing with you. Like, if you are finding success running the ball out of this look, then why do you not do it? That's what I have been saying from the beginning. And what I've, and what I've been saying to you is that about Pierce, we blame Pierce. People blame Pierce. But how do you not know that if 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 Pierce was given those same looks, he might have more success. Like this is the coaches being very, very stubborn, bro. And they have this idea of they have an idea of what Pierce is, and they trying to to force it. I don't. I can't even. It doesn't it sound stupid when I even try to rationalize it. But that's literally what they do. That's literally what they do. Yeah. That's what. If I can't find the reason either, man. Like, listen, I'm 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 rattling my my brain here. All right, I have one more thing to say. It's like. Josh said, bro, and I never thought about it like that, bro. Josh said that for Pierce, you have to basically kind of scheme him to where he's going one on one against a little player, little uh, a smaller player, or you have to to and or or get him in the space. The thing is, is that when we go in heavy sets and like that, you're 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 relying on the line 
to create the space. The line is not creating the space. You know what I mean? So my bad, bro. But that's my bad, bro. Well, I wanted to get to this oh, comment uh, before before good, we man. end it because we're going to have to end it soon. So um, I did promise, uh, Jay, that we get to this comment. So um, I, I, I want to basically talk about this because playoffs. A, don't talk about it. playoffs. Uh, I mean, can we still make the playoffs with all these injuries? I mean, here's the thing. We don't know how long term these injuries are. Um, if if I put on my guessing hat, right, and I'll say CJ Stroud probably out for this Sunday, Davis Mills has to play against the Titans. The Titans are a shitty team. There's a chance that we can actually run the ball against the Titans and have Davis Mills throw 20 times and throw short passes. And if our playmakers are back, meaning like Nico's back, Noah That's Brown true. says, hey, I can catch again. Um, Mechie said, you know what? I can catch the ball. Don't worry. I just fucked up in the rain. If our playmakers make plays, Nico Collins is back. Noah Brown actually does something. He's had two goose eggs in a row. I don't know what's going on there. John Mechie actually does something. Then, yeah, it's it's possible that we can win against the Titans. Um, and, and then CJ Stroud comes back after that following week. And, and we're good to go. What really is going to matter is how long-term these injuries are. And that is something that we unfortunately don't know right now and probably won't know until Wednesday. So right now, I am saying that, yes, we are still in playoff contention. Um, no AFC South team. Well, the Titans obviously has, haven't played yet, but they play against the Dolphins on Monday. I guess it's, we could just go into this. So the Browns beat the Jaguars 31-27. Um, the Bengals beat the Colts 34-14. And the Titans play the Dolphins on Monday. So essentially, no AFC South team will win this week. I'm not expecting the Titans to upset the Dolphins. So, so that means it's it's essentially unchanged from from a division standpoint, from a wild card standpoint. Yeah, that hurts us. Um, do I think that we still have a shot of winning the division? Yeah, I'm not giving up on that until like until the fat lady sings and she hasn't sunk. So I'm not giving up the fact that we can't win the division yet. And I think that right now because the Jags lost, and and we don't know what they're gonna what they're gonna look like. Uh, you know, they they did not look all that great against the Browns. In all reality, I know the score's close, but a lot of that was in the second half. I mean, in the first half, they looked terrible. Uh, so so I'm gonna say right as of right now, wild card, we're we're uh, we're hurting right there because we're because we're the ninth seed right now. Um, but the division is still not out of question. I'm not giving up on that. And to answer your question, are we still a playoff team? I have hope. We won't know. We won't know until we have these injury updates. I want to know um, what you guys think. Leo, give me your thoughts on that. Are we still a playoff team? I mean, listen, from the beginning of, of all of this shit, bro, I've said the same thing. Like, no, we're not a playoff team. Like, when the people talked about all this stuff, they were like, you know, do we deserve to make the playoffs? We deserve this. Like, listen, you have to earn it. And until you earn that spot, no, you don't – you're not in it. Nobody has uh, – I mean, does, has anyone clinched yet? I mean, last – like, two weeks ago, like, yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone has clinched a spot yet, technically. Like, I mean, officially. did the Ravens clinch it right now? I don't uh, think um... so. Not not technically. I mean, it's obvious that they gonna, they're going to do it, but the, it's everything is so tight. That technically, if they if everybody loses out, they damn near are in jeopardy, right? So, so no, no, we no, and 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 that's how if they want to make the playoffs, that's how the team has to approach it. Like, listen, these get next three games. Is it four? Is it four? The next four games, three or four, however many. These next games are important, right? You know what I mean. Everybody like right. Davis Mills has to has to approach this week like he's a starter. Um, uh, uh, Noah Brown, Mechie, all these guys, slow it has to adjust to what he had has. And I mean, and, and at the end of the day, you know, I know that these guys aren't starters. These guys aren't paid on the line, but I mean, you're going to have to really do your job because it's, it's, it's going to basically be on you. You know, like it's going to, like, if we can't run the ball, I, I don't have any kind of faith in, in none of this shit. If we can't, if we, if we keep coming out, Looking like this, I don't. I no. I don't think. I don't think we'll make the playoffs. But will there be opportunities for us to 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 prove that we can do better? Yeah. You know. I mean, can we win without Will Anderson? No. <laughs> I mean, can we win without Cashman? No. I. I mean, I, can we win without Nico Collins? Man, listen, bro. Oh my God. 
all this fucking crazy shit people are saying have been saying about Nico, all this shit. And now y'all want to talk about how bad the offense looked without him. Maybe this is what the fuck this shit would have looked like without this motherfucker all year. If, if like we all talk shit about our fucking receivers, if Tank Dell and Nico Collins weren't as good as y'all were, were as as ass as people act like, this is what the fuck it looked like. You know, I don't know, bro. It's uh, it's annoying as fuck, bro. But but yeah, are we a playoff team? I mean, we were we were before this game started. All right. Um, Josh, yeah. hear your, your your final thoughts on this. This is the part of the season where you really get to see, okay, how much of all this success so far was catching people off guard in a way that this is the first time they're seeing Stroud. This is the first time they're seeing D'Amico with this personnel on his own. This is the first time people are getting tape on Slovak. And until we see a situation where they adjust, they correct the course of the season, and they they keep it locked in and redefine who their identity is as a team, it's really hard to say that they're going to be able to beat teams for a second time. I mean, that's the – that's why that Jacksonville game was such a, a huge test was with how badly we we kicked their ass in the first game. This second game, they should have – it was a statement opportunity, and they haven't made that statement yet. So this Tennessee game is going to be a game where, okay, how do they adjust? How do we – we're going to and, – and it just comes back to personnel-wise, hell no, this team isn't a playoff team. Based off how they've played and how D'Amico has gotten these guys to execute and to play together and rally the ball and believe in each other, Absolutely, they can make the playoffs, but they haven't. They haven't really proven shit yet. You know, they've got to. They've got to go out and prove it. But it's it's all in front of them. There's division still wide open. Everything is still wide open. If you lose, it's not time to completely panic. You still have a elite pass rusher. Yeah, you have an elite quarterback. You have a receiver. As long as this calf thing isn't more than a week or two. Calves scare the shit out of me. I got to be honest. They're the second scariest thing other than hammies for receivers to me mm. because it's just, you know, you really don't know how bad. It's like a turf toe. It's that wide that wide variety of wide range of how bad that can be. Until we know, we don't know shit. And, and the problem is uh, Noah Brown has, hasn't proven a damn thing to be able to produce on his own when he's the only guy. So there's really no safety net. Uh, behind Nico, we had the safety net of Nico behind Tank when we had both of them, and we were missing the tight end. Like Schultz, even if Schultz come, when he comes back, he can't carry an offense. There has to be. They just kind of have to have one of those player-only meetings and really just figure it out. And the coaches have to get together and really understand that. We've got to, we've got, we can't be a team that goes out and says in the post game, oh, we didn't want to run the ball because, you know, we didn't think the rain was that bad. Like, yeah. there's not enough talent on the field, especially with Nico gone, for to you say to fucking have that ball. attitude. <laughs> right. No. Once Nico went down, bro, I'm thinking to myself, the offensive line, everybody in that, in that, in that, on the offense, and just the whole team needs to think, okay, like, this is a jail, this is a, 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 a bar fight now. And if it takes us running the ball 40, 50 fucking times to win this game and clawing and doing anything right. it takes to win this game, that's what the that's what we gonna do. And they haven't showed me that they're willing to do that. But for some reason, but for some reason, we will walk outside with a with a fullback with and two and, and, and we will come out there and we will we will we will stomp our foot down and act like act tough. But at the end of the day, when he went down, we were supposed to come out and be like, listen, bro, like we're going to do whatever it takes to win. And they did not, they didn't, they didn't call the game like that on both sides. It, it's, it's, it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre for a team that comes out in its first 15 plays where they're trying to set an identity and say, you know what? I'm coming out and we're going to run the ball. We're going to do all this. We're going to just try to physically beat the shit out of you. And then when you lose your receiver and it's like the personnel finally says time to run the ball. Time to be creative with the run game. 
time to stunt your 49er shit and go straight up like fullbacks and creative back pulling guards and all this fancy ass shit that I know they haven't used yet. And I know they have it in the playbook because it wouldn't be a 49ers kind of offense without it. Like where, where is it? Bring an extra two, bring an extra offensive lineman out there. Have we seen that this year? No. Have we seen six offensive linemen? Like, are we serious thinking that that's not more, just as effective or probably more effective in the play action game or, or in the run game than Beck would be? That, that's an indictment on the running back room to say we didn't want to run the ball. Essentially, D'Amico said, our running game isn't good enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I, 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 I have been this. saying this shit from the beginning, bro. <laughs> you can only run the ball if they are focused on you stopping the pass. So, so I mean, but even still, bro, I can't, I can't think that Devin Singletary and Pierce aren't better at their position than Noah Brown, Mechie, and Hutchinson is at theirs, bro. I mean, maybe the and maybe the line, maybe it's the line, but but again, I don't know, bro. My yeah. bad, bro. I want to end it on a positive note. So I'm going to play some church music here, and the reason why I'm playing the church music is because after the Panthers game, after the Panthers game, everyone said this team is shit. We're not winning anything, and we're now in a playoff push. Um, mm-hmm. One of the good things about this team is that we rallied when we have made stupid mm-hmm. mistakes, stupid decisions. We came back after that horrible loss to Carolina, and we came back and we became a play, a, a team that's going on a playoff push. No one imagined this. Everyone thought we were winning three games this year, and you know what? We're still in it now. Are we, now are we in it right now? No, we're the ninth seed. We're two spots down. We have some work to do. But with everything that, with with all the predictions that were made, we are in such a much better. Uh, spot than we thought we were going to be in the offseason. Yeah. So I'm going to say this. I'm not giving up hope yet. Right now is a time where they have to have a come to Jesus meeting and they have to say, hey, what are we going to do as a team to actually get in the playoffs and show the world that the Houston Texans and this is not the same old Houston Texans. And I think that's going to happen. I think that we will get better. I think that I think Davis Mills is going to actually have a good game this Sunday, you know, this coming Sunday where he's going to play against the Titans. Um, will we win? I hope so. But I, but I, I think that you know a lot of a lot of people will be pleasantly surprised. There's a lot of more things that we could say, and we're going to talk about this again on Tuesday. So, guys, subscribe to this channel. We're going to be on Tuesday with Josh Beard. He's from ESPN. You probably heard him from Connor and Beard. We are going to uh, talk about this game more in depth. We're going to preview the Titans game. We'll have more injury reports. And just remember, um, until until the next show, Texas 22. Has your back. Texas 22, breaking it down. Podcast got the city vibing to the sound. Special guests dropping out, it's so true. Texas 22, this one's for you.